0: FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. And we always have great guests in the studio. And I found this story, actually, while looking on Facebook. And I saw this story by our good friend, uh, Dr. Philip Holt, who is the principal over at Liberty Creek High School. When I read this story, I said, wow, we've, we've got to talk to this guy. So I got a hold of Mr. Nick Locke the second, found out all of these great things that he's doing over there and what he's going to have in his future. So I got Nick here in the studio, and, and buddy, thanks for coming in.
2: Uh, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so you're a senior over at Liberty, and prior to that, where were you?
2: Uh, I was at Pope John Paul.
1: Okay. Any special areas of study when you were over at uh, JP2?
2: Uh No, I was just figuring it out, you know, <laughs> taking it day by day.
1: Well, and then... Liberty. When you're faced at Liberty, I mean, you got a lot of options going over there, and uh, the the one thing I guess you jumped into because I guess you want to be an airline pilot someday or fly uh, airplanes. Yes, or?
2: sir. Uh, I'd say I started wanting to be a pilot my sophomore year. I okay. used to be like want to be a veterinarian, but it's just out of nowhere. I just got interested in aviation and airplanes. Uh, I transferred to Liberty Creek because they had an opportunity for me to you know get my toes wet. Sure, In aviation.
1: They got the premier facility over there with that aviation program, and uh, Chris Peterson is doing a great job. And I'm just, I'm so impressed with what he was able to accomplish over there. And this is just the first year. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and and you you found this program out. So tell us a little about how you got to that point.
2: I originally started out at Gallatin High School my freshman year. And then COVID happened. You don't really see your friends. Yes. (laughs) You know, still growing up, learn what you like or what you want to be around. Gallison wasn't really the fit for me. And then I went to JP2. It's a great school. I liked it a lot. And then I I learned that Liberty Creek's opening up my senior year. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be cool to be a part of the first graduation class. Oh, yeah. So, and then I also learned that. Oh, they have an aerospace program. I really want to do that yeah. because that's what I'm going to go to school for. Okay, and I want to see if it's really what I want to do. Yeah, and Liberty Creek opened those doors for me. And then, like since going to Liberty Creek, I made some really great friends. I've had great teachers, mm-hmm. and I play soccer and I love it a lot. It's just. Are you on the team there? Ah, uh, yes, sir. Okay, I am. it's just overall. Great school, and I I love being there every day.
1: Gosh, it's only the first year too. Mm-hmm. Gosh, imagine what it's going to be here. Of course, you'll be long gone. <laughs> you'll be in the real world after that. Uh, now, you got accepted at kind of this little college uh, down in Florida somewhere. What's that name?
2: Uh, Embry Riddle oh, Aeronautical yeah. oh, cool University. <laughs>
1: I mean that I mean that's big time right there. Mm-hmm. I mean if you're getting serious about doing what you're doing I guess that's the place you need to be, right? Uh yes sir. What what are they going to you go to start in when in the fall? Uh yes. Okay. So then you got to move there mm-hmm. and live in sunny Florida. That's terrible. <laughs> you get to hang out on the beach? No, terrible. <laughs> what is your vision of going into Emory Riddle? Because I'm sure you've done some research and your your homework on that. So
2: well, uh, I haven't fully made any decisions. I'm still looking at the financial aid and oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> the money aspects behind <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, I have a couple good scholarships to MTSU, but I'm still, even if I don't go Emory Riddle, it's mm-hmm. a confidence booster knowing that I got into like the most prestigious aeronautical or right. aerospace School in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, with these schools, I, I understand. I've got one getting ready to go to mm-hmm. Austin P so we know about the financial portion of that. If, if you get there, you're going to love it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's going to rock your world, you know, because there's just so much going on there. But, I mean, it's not an easy task either. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing this, I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn. And, and being in this class here you've had to learn a lot and it's only, you've only been not even a full year yet here with this program, but what have you learned and what do you think has helped you the most by being here at Liberty Creek?
2: Honestly, it's just workload. I mean, at the intro aerospace, it was kind of like just introducing it and then first couple of weeks of Aviation One at the beginning of the semester, Mr. Peterson handed us these packets and was like, you should read these and be ready for like the test. So it's kind of like drawn into the deep end for some people. <laughs> and then yeah. for some people, it just comes naturally. I would rewrite the packets into my notebook so I can remember it. But it's taught me like what goes into it. And then like, it's possible because uh, Mr. Peterson's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. He brings people like special guests in to tell us about like different jobs in aviation or different ways you can get there. And he's really supportive. Mm-hmm. And just what I learned most is that it's an attainable career, you know, and they're looking for pilots now and in the next, however many years, it's a growing industry and it's just a lot of stuff you wouldn't like the most average high schooler wouldn't like be able to learn you Oh yeah. You're at Liberty Creek. Cause it's like top level oh, education over yes. there. Yes.
1: Wow. So a lot of opportunities, you know, open up for folks that may, maybe never even thought about doing that before. Because mm-hmm. I mean, aviation, uh, and of course the advances that they're making in technology now with these with these birds, it it, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, really it's crazy. like a flying computer for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need to learn how to slap it around a little bit and control it so it does <laughs> mm-hmm. do what you want it to do. But yeah. So what do you what do you think you want to fly the the big commercial birds or you know, uh, something else?
2: My my goal, I mean. At first, I kind of wanted to be a military pilot, you know, a cousin who went to the Naval Academy and now he flies recon jets, you know, with the big disc on top. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then his brother, who's also my cousin, he went to West Point and he flies attack helicopters. You know, I don't don't really think that's for me. So (laughs) I've made the decision, like, I'd really like to, like, work for Delta or, like, American Airlines, Mm -hmm. the legacy carriers, and I I hope to be a international captain. Uh, That's where I want to be like angle like 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. I know it takes a while to get there with seniority, but I really have a passion for like traveling, and traveling within the United States is really nice, but I went to Europe in 2021. And Where did just, you go? I went to Switzerland, the Netherlands, Germany, Italy, and Austria and France. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just a mind-blowing experience. So, like, yeah, no, totally. Like, I went there alone. I was a part of this Christian youth exchange. Okay. So, I stayed with a host family in Germany. And good thing about being part of that is like, you're not really a visitor. You're like, you live with them now. And it's like. Was it weird at first walking in strangers? I was like, like, I was jet lagged and I was really tired. Oh, yeah. I was trying to go to sleep. And it was just really hot, and they don't have air conditioning. So I, like, yeah. I had to figure out, like, they have these windows that, like, open up. And it's, like, some nights it would still be sunny at, like, 10 p.m. in western Germany. Wow. And then the actual, like, two-week camp happened because, like, they take their, like, new class of kids they're about to send over to America for an exchange here mm-hmm. to the mountains of Austria, uh, capital Austria. And they are learning classes, and they invite Americans over to help them with their English. And then there's some alumni, previous classes that are there, and you just meet people, you know, from Germany. And it's just a great experience. Like there's hiking, a lot of praying, and like church going, like in mm-hmm. chapels and like the mountains. So how was the the like where they a lot the most. Most people speak English, so Mm -hmm. did you run into any
1: problems with that?
2: No, not really. There were a couple kids there who Mm -hmm. weren't that strong in English, Mm -hmm. and then there were others who weren't that confident. Honestly, there are actually... Pretty pretty good at English, mm-hmm. and you know I made one of my best friends over there, one of my best friends to this day, two years later, wow. and he ended up going to Indian Springs in Alabama uh-huh. uh, boarding school, and uh, he stayed with me for Thanksgiving while he was here, and I'm planning to go see him this summer in Germany.
1: Well, that's great. What part of the world is going to be next on your list?
2: Well, a new country I'm going to this summer is Spain. Different, you know, yeah. My friend has a beach house there. And it's going to be a good time. But I'd really like to go to Australia. You know, it's just, I feel like it's just so different there. But totally. also a lot of like. it's just really far. And it's just beautiful sunsets I've seen. Sure. And wildlife, you know, yeah. I'm really into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting to there see the different wildlife they have mm-hmm. there, the the outback, and all of the the facilities they have, and of course even even a couple of the the, the cities and such. I mean, are are pretty phenomenal. So it's mm-hmm. gonna be a, you know a good cause, and pretty soon you fly your own self there Hat. when you get your own private jet.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can start flying celebrities around or something. That would be there. You cool. go get a Gulf Stream and take mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, but a lot of hours. I mean, even going across the United States. I mean, gosh, you're sitting in there for all those hours, but I think it's incredible what you're doing. So what do you think inspired you the most about going into to this kind of field?
2: It's just something like I fell in love with and I'm a big believer if you do something you love if you never had to work, you know, or love whatever that's saying. Yeah, is, yeah, you know, do you, what you love.
1: Yeah. If you, do it, you don't have a job. It's just mm-hmm. you're living life. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You have to love what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get in the commercial aspect of it. Because I know the, the pilots are you know, always trying to get more pay because it's a very stressful and hard position to, to maintain over mm-hmm. the years. And you know a lot of time away from home and things of that nature. So. But by the time you're ready... They might have all that worked out, I'm making some serious jack then. All right, so what's next, for uh, Nick Carter Lock the Second?
2: Just gonna finish out my senior year playing soccer with my guys. Mm-hmm. And one thing important to me is I had a really good friend of mine uh, last month who passed away. Oh, and uh, Aaliyah Brooks. Oh, that's right. And wow, uh, I not trying to start living like her and loving like her because she inspired me to become a better person. Yeah. Know? I think I'm a pretty good person, but you can always be better Yeah, and just keep her legacy and what she lived for alive. You know, finish this senior out, senior year out strong and, you know, this summer, travel, make new friends, make a decision of where I want to go this fall. Mm-hmm. I'm confident wherever I go, I'll be on the right path to being a pilot.
1: So I saw an interesting uh, quote that Mr. Holt put up uh, about a role model that you have, David Goggins. Is that how you say
2: it? Uh, yes, sir.
1: I mean, he sounds like an incredible individual. How did you come across him?
2: I'd say a little bit over a year and a half ago, you know, I was 100 pounds heavier. You know, I was at a low part of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just came across like one of his videos and like he's just inspired me. And, you know, I've lost over 100 pounds. You know, oh, I work out every Good for single, you. Yeah. I work out every single day, sometimes multiple times a day due to soccer. His mentality is one of a kind. He's just taught me how someone always is going to have it worse than you. And he's just the hard work and the things he overcame. Mm-hmm. And our childhoods were kind of similar. I had an alcoholic father growing up, and I had to you know, remove that from my life. And it's just your mind has so much more it can offer than it tells you. It's this thing called like the 40%. So when you're at the 40% of your mind, like you think like your body can't do anymore, but mm-hmm. in reality you actually it's there. can. Yeah, you just have to keep going, and it's just a remarkable. And he's an amazing guy. Yeah, you know? and I'm reading his books, and they're great books.
1: Well, you got to be inspired. You mm-hmm. have somebody that inspires you like that, and just keep moving forward. You're doing great things so far, and you have, geez, I mean, you're just beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, you get into this world and you jump into a field that you really love, and you you respect, because you got you to gotta respect it, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, it is a pretty challenging position, but just keep doing what you're doing, uh, pursue, you know, your dreams and follow it. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. And inspire others, which I think it seems to me like you're, you're definitely going to do that. So you could be somebody else's role model one mm-hmm. day. I never know what's going to happen. So listen, Nick, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, and, thank you for having me. And talking. We've been talking with Nick Locke, and he is a senior over at Liberty Creek High School and doing some great things, possibly... Going to Emory Riddle Aeronautical University down in Florida and pursuing his airline career. So, Nick, thank you so much and the best of luck.
2: Uh, thank you.
1: All right. Hey, listen, we'll be right back with more uh, Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at WHINRadio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Here we are with Sumner County Spotlight on our Sunday morning here at WHIM. We appreciate you so much for joining us. And I've got a very interesting guest here in the studio. And when I heard about uh, what he is doing, I said, man, we gotta get this guy in here because <laughs> this is so important. And, and so important today in our society with all of the things and all of the crises going on, the world, everything, people need help. And I wanna introduce you to Adam French. Now he's the founder and executive director of Recovery Refuge. And he's an author and a speaker. He motivates people. You gotta hear this story. So Adam, man, thank you. Thank you for coming in.
3: Yeah, I'm honored to be here. I love the show. I love what you're doing here in Sumner County and can't wait to get started. So tell us about your background. How did how did you start
1: this? What inspired you to get this thing going?
3: Yeah, you know, I, always, I think of it like this. You know, the story of our lives, if, you, if it's like a book that you get to read as you look back, but it's not a book that you get to read forward, and that's that's our lives, and that's mm-hmm. what my life's been. I feel like my life has led me all the way to this point. I grew up in a home where alcohol and drugs were present, and I watched it rip our family apart. Began to struggle myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you are what you, who you hang around, True. and uh, fell into the drug and alcohol game. And over the years, came to a place. What I say is, I, I was given by God the gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. It is a gift when you realize that when you can see where your life is going god stopped me in my tracks i gave my life to jesus christ and that's when my life changed thankfully i began to learn about celebrate recovery and i tell people my life changed on the inside when i started calling my sponsor, my mentor, you can call it your discipleship person, spiritual mm-hmm. guide started mm-hmm. calling him on the way home from work and started working through the things that were happening on the inside. And that led me to get a degree in counseling and have already been to Bible college and pastoral theology. And Became ordained pastor and started working at churches and I thought, man, I'm gonna be that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pastor a church one day. <laughs> yeah, you, you had the calling. That's right, right. Well, and it was real. I mean, it was real and but you know, sometimes I'm you know, you always say people are the sometimes you're the last one to recognize what your purpose is. God just stopped me in my tracks when I started to hear about the devastation that was happening in Sumner County. And I've been part of AA, been a part of Celebrate Recovery, and and I actually wanna pinpoint, it was one man that called me in a a spot of desperation. And I work with this man. Mm -hmm. It's really been for 10 years or so. And even to this day, he's still struggling. He kept having bad experiences at the places that he went to try to get help. Mm -hmm. So bad that I would never want to share them just because I wouldn't want people to think negatively about recovery places. And, And that got us thinking. It stirred our hearts that What if we could create a place, a safe place where people could come, find hope, find truth? We could create an atmosphere that was conducive to emotional and spiritual growth. You know, it's just like the greenhouse. You can control all the temperature, all the (laughs) everything, but you can't make it grow. But you can create that space that's conducive to it. That's what we want to do here in Sumner County is create a space that's conducive to emotional and spiritual healing and growth so people that are struggling with addictions can find hope. I say, like, my life just kind of came all the way to this point point, was like, Duh! Like you know, light bulb go off. <laughs> no brainer here. Your whole life, this yeah. is what you've been doing. Yeah. So that's how that's how I. Came so now, do you
1: it. have a facility, or is this uh, different locations? You go to different churches. How does that work?
3: Yeah. So right now, I'm meeting with men one on one. So if someone's okay. listening says, "Man, I need to, I need help. I need to talk to this guy. You know, give me a call. We'll get we'll get the information out and get on the website. Okay. But we're raising money. So we had our first fundraising dinner in October of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, really excited about that. Raised over two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, yeah, man. You're nonprofit. Nonprofit. Wow. Nonprofit. Okay. So we're just excited about um, purchasing land. So right now we're looking for a facility. We're looking for land. My dr- the dream is to find land and then build on it, mm-hmm. create the space that we feel like is is conducive to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We're praying for land. We're praying somebody might give us land. Maybe there's a <laughs> listener here saying, "Man, I've got twenty acres and it's I'm doing nothing with it. Yeah. What, I, I, what could it be? a place that yep. changes lives forever. Right. We're praying that God would send people that say, man, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. Right. So right now we're in the process with grants and fundraising and okay. this year hoping to purchase our land. So if
1: somebody's listening right now and they're struggling, man, I, I just don't know where to turn, how would they reach you?
3: Yeah, they can go to recoveryrefuge.care. Well, recovery Refuge, one word dot care. They can find all my information on their okay. um, email address and, and reach out and just say, Hey, I need help. They can go to our Facebook page, too, recoveryrefuge care, Instagram as well, and uh, that'll have our emails and all that on there. My e- email simple, is just recoveryrefuge care at gmail dot com, and we can kind of help facilitate what those next steps are. Okay. we got to take
1: the first step, and that's a lot of times the hardest, right? Right. Because first they have to admit that they have a problem. Most of them don't. You know, being ex-law enforcement, I know people won't make a change until they just hit rock bottom. Right. They're just down there before they're really going to get serious about it. You, you have to hit hit the bottom. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe they can realize it before that, getting in touch with you so you can help them and, and guide them in the right direction.
3: Yeah, addiction is the only disease that you really have to—it's a self-diagnosis. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you have diabetes and you need to do one, two, three, and four, nobody's going to argue. Nobody's going to say, man, you're nuts. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, go back to go back to medical school, right? You can. I've sat down with many people that have a problem and said, hey, let's take a look at what's happened in the last three months, six months, ten years, mm-hmm. and say, I don't have a problem. That illusion— that one day we can successfully use again mm-hmm. is the tool that Satan uses. Jesus said he's the author of lies and his native tongue is lies. So G- he doesn't, Satan doesn't speak English or Spanish, he speaks lies. Mm-hmm. And that's the illusion that one day I can have one, I, I can drink like a normal person. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that may be able to do that, but there is a group of people, uh, roughly around 30% of our population, that can't can't drink successfully, can't use any drugs successfully. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times people don't even know it. They hurt their back, hurt their knee, had a surgery, get sent home with something, and the next thing you know, they're addicted. And there's a lot of shame and embarrassment in that coming forward. So I would say this, if you're thinking about it, sometimes I think people don't ask for help because they don't understand all the help that they need. And it just takes a little bit of willingness. Maybe if you're like, man, I don't know if I have a problem or I don't know how I got here, I'm not sure what I need then that would be a person as well, I think, taking sure. that first step. And I want to talk
1: about this incredible book I have in front of me, and I'm just glancing through it. But what you're saying right now, and this quote that you put here, admitting your struggle does not bring condemnation. Yes. So if you're struggling, don't feel that you're going to be judged, you're going to be put down, you're going to be you know, thought of differently. You yeah. need help, and you've got to reach out and make it happen.
3: Yeah and I think it's the whole idea behind that is surrender to win right we think we have to fight to win and sometimes in God's economy the principles of of how God operates just is not the same as our world, Like his right. thoughts are not our thoughts. And when it comes to addiction, you know, it's like, hey, it's not something that we can overcome on our own. It's something that we have to do together. Mm-hmm. Always say it's a spiritual and emotional malady. Right. And so, but it has physical and mental systems. So you see people and they're, they're physically addicted and they're like, all right, well, let me just dry up. Let me take 10 days and I'll dry up or seven days. And you think, all right, I'm over it well, next thing you know, you're out using again. It was like, hey, I thought it was a physical problem. I was mm-hmm. physically addicted. And then people were like, well, you know what? It's a mental thing. Let me go and let me just have some behavioral health that'll change the way I think, right? But the problem is, is it's a problem of the soul. We have to treat the root cause first. Sure. Oh, yeah. And once you cre- treat the root cause, then it's the physical and emotional symptoms can come with it. Right. Well, and we mentioned the book.
1: So tell right. us about, about the book. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know these things are hard to write. And you've got a lot of content in here. You've got experience in here, so tell us about this. Yes,
3: the book was a gift from God. That's all I can say. The book is called Mandinity. That's man and identity in one word, Great Mandinity, wow. Healing the Wounded Man. Again, I was working for. Uh, I was working at Men of Valor, which is another wonderful program. I mm-hmm. uh, was the director there, which a lot of the things that we are going to do in Recovery Refuge are based from the Men of Valor program, which has been around for 26 years. And while I was there, Kirk Campbell, one of my dear friends said, hey Adam, could you write a lesson for us? Oh, we wanna create a recovery part of our ministry. I said, absolutely. So I wrote a lesson. He said, man, I love that lesson. Would you write another one? <laughs> and that's how the book happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they use it now as their curriculum. Okay, That's how the book came about. And then you know, number one on Amazon. And there's about 4,300 men that go through it a month inside a prison for free in English and Spanish, wow, but you can okay. find it on Amazon, all the different websites, every, anywhere you buy books, you you can, find so you can find us here. And you have it on your
1: website. You have a link I do. You. I, have,
3: I, have it on, I have it on the website. Well, okay. um, I have it on my personal uh, Facebook, Instagram, stuff like yeah. that. So.
1: so we're talking with Adam French right now and an incredible right. individual that's doing great things to help folks in our community. It, it's really sad that we're having to face this problem, but society really, it's rough out there. Things are rough. Job right. situations are rough, and, and people find a new daddy. Once they find that new daddy and they get hooked on it, yeah. It's, it's, you got to bring them back and you're helping with that. And I'm so proud that you're out there doing this and people have a resource to, to reach out to.
3: Yeah. I'm honored to do it, you know, and I know that, you know, there is that kind of uh, that context where you feel down about it, but I'm actually excited that we're having this conversation mm-hmm. because you can't fix a problem unless it's clearly defined. And for yeah. so many years, we're hiding it. Yeah. So many years we were ashamed. So many years people were going to the hospital. So many years are people are just going to jail and prison. Now we can say, man, there's hope for you. There's a cure. there's a this is a disease, it's a struggle, but there's a cure. There's a there's a spiritual program of action that works. Myself, I've got 13 years of sobriety. You know, mm-hmm. God radically changed my life and over these last few years, I've been able to watch other people find that too and find that light go off. So if someone's listening or you know, have a brother, uncle, cousin, sister, mom, and you know they're struggling, you, know, you don't have to give up hope. There's hope for them. Mm-hmm. And we need a place here in our community that every time on a Sunday morning at church, every time at work, people know, hey, Recovery Refuge is here. It's not something we're going to be scared of. We can normalize it and say, there's a place for you. Right? Like, it's okay. People have gone there. They've changed their lives, and they came back in our society, and they've been givers instead of takers, Right. Yeah. So, so
1: you have uh, different meetings at different churches around here in Sumner County.
3: Yeah, Sumner County is an amazing place for recovery. Just in AA there's uh, about 28 meetings in Hendersonville a week. Celebrate Recovery just about every night. Wow. So we're so excited about being able to partner with our community, partner with our churches, you know, Long Hollow, First Baptist Hendersonville, Northfield. All these churches have Celebrate Recoveries at their church during the week. And so We always say this. We want people to come from our community, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to send them back with the support that they need. Our staff will be focusing on what are you doing when you leave. Every person will have a mentor that's connected to the community. So it's going to take all of us, not just financially supporting, but all of us working together to help people overcome their addictions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an incredible
1: resource that, that you have available here. And the fact that you've you know worked in with the, with the different churches and things like that, I think is really a great thing to have because sometimes people, that's where they turn. Mm-hmm. They don't know where else to turn, you know. Right. You know, you contact, you know, AA and things of that nature. But you have an additional resource that they can now tap into and really help them out. So, I mean, I think
3: it's great. So give them the website again. Yeah, it's recoveryrefuge.care. Uh, you can find out all the information about what we're doing. You can make donations there, all that stuff. And we ask you just to join us in prayer. And uh, the email, if you want to email me personally, it's just RecoveryRefuge. .care@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Okay. Are, do you have social media? We do. All of, our of social media is okay. the same, recoveryrefuge.care. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, it's easy <laughs> to find. So I mean, that's, that's a great thing right there. But listen, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and, and share this. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing thing, you know, and you just take one day at a time and try to help folks. That's right. So That's thank right. you. All right. We've been talking with Adam French, founder and executive director of Recovery Refuge here in Sumter County. I mean, everything's right here. So we appreciate you coming in and thank you so much.
3: Honored to be here.
1: All right. All right. We'll be back with more of Sumter County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumter County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at WHINradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumter County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon, on this uh, Sunday. And by the way, you know, of course, you're going to be able to hear this on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to podcast and check it out, and you'll just be the, uh, check this show out and listen to it for all time. I had to bring in this young feller in here, and... Uh, <laughs> He is an incredible busy guy that he's involved with. And I want to introduce to you Larry Atwell, Sergeant, in capital letters right here. Larry, thanks for coming to the show.
0: Thanks, Jeff, for having me. It's an honor.
1: You've been in this community a little while, I imagine?
0: I have. We've been here. Uh, I uh, took early retirement from Verizon. I was president of our Texas-New Mexico operation. And at one point in my career uh, with GTE before you became Verizon mm-hmm. I uh, was general manager of our Western Kentucky and Tennessee operations so we had children in the area so when I uh, decided to retire we uh, moved to Middle Tennessee and it's been it's been great we love it here
1: now you're right now so you I mean you're retired but you're in, in charge of the American Legion here at this well, chapter
0: here in the chapter okay. of 290 or post 290 for American Legion I I'm the service officer And okay. what that involves is uh, I try to coordinate with community uh, interests, we uh, visit veterans in, in some of the uh, care facilities here, like the Hearth, Red Cedar Glen, uh, Capstone. We have, we have a, a large veteran population, and sometimes they just need a, a visit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need a little help, and Right. we try to provide that if we can. And then I'm also uh, a member of the Vietnam Vets, Chapter 240, and I serve as the secretary treasurer for that organization mm-hmm. so both of them keeps me kind of busy <laughs> i would think so
1: because let me tell you you guys should do so many great things for veterans and you know you work closely with dave Mooney over there and uh, i mean the energy that just comes out of that place is, is mind blowing you got the food pantry you got all of these uh, events that you have that you're running and controlling and, and putting out there to try to help uh, folks and it's it's commending for sure
0: That's right. Well, that's that's our purpose. We try to uh, help veterans that that need help. We see a lot of older veterans right now. Most people probably don't realize that as a percentage, less than 1% of our population serve in the military right now. And Mm -hmm. as a total, the number of veterans in our current population has dropped to about 7-8%, depending on which Mm -hmm. Number you want to look at. So, most of us are getting a little older. Mm -hmm. I served uh, in the Marine Corps during the uh, Vietnam War and served from 66 through 69. My time in the service was very important to me. I feel very honored to have served. uh, And uh, as a proud Marine, I want to give back. And we do that in a lot of different ways.
1: And just, I mean, finding these things out and finding that you you want to support different kinds of things or you come up with your own, you've come up with some great programs.
0: Yes, our our own programs that we do are, as I said earlier, visiting some of our veterans in in our uh, facilities here, working with local groups. We're meeting uh, with the Vietnam Vets, for example. We're meeting Thursday night with the Boy Scouts of America, uh, local troops here, uh, the council, because we want to start inviting them to Veterans Park to give them appreciation of the history Mm. We have a great veterans park here, mm-hmm. and uh, what if I may even just take a moment to talk about that because we've been working with our, with Mayor Isbell and and the council to get some additional funding to do some repairs at the the uh, veterans park. And yeah, where's that located? Uh, it's located behind the courthouse annex in Gallatin. Okay, and we also have the park. It Consists of uh, several monuments or people—a list of uh, Sumner County uh, residents who've lost their lives. Or then we have our Wall of Honor, which uh, you can purchase a brick to honor either yourself or a veteran in your in your family. Mm-hmm. And that helps us to maintain the park, but uh, it's been there for about 30 years, so it's got a little wear and tear on it. And uh, we've been working with Mary Isabel and and the council to get some additional funding, and they've been really great. So hopefully that'll that'll happen in the next few weeks, so that we can we can get that funding.
1: So I know the month of April is kind of busy. We yes. got a lot of things going on. I mean, just throughout the county. Uh, what do you all have coming up?
0: Well, the thing that we're working on right now, and I'll I'll revert back to the American Legion, is that we're appointing uh, and getting a nomination for two boys to send to Boys State. One will, right now, looks like it will come from Hendersonville High and the other is from Pope John Paul. And these young men will go to Tennessee Tech and they'll join about 600 other young men from across the uh, state. These are Mm -hmm. rising seniors, by the way. Mm -hmm. And they will learn about city county government they will they will actually form a government and they will participate in debates they will participate in passing bills mm-hmm. passing laws and this is all run by the American legion all volunteers most people will take a week of their their vacation or a week out of their lives to to work and, uh, and participate in this. As I said earlier in, in the uh, chamber meeting, some, some of the notables that have graduated from this program include former President Bill Clinton, Vice President Dick Cheney, Lamar Alexander, our former governor mm-hmm. here, and I can just go on and on. Current senators like, like Tom Cotton, Tim uh, Cook from uh, South Carolina, and it's, it's really a very prestigious mm-hmm. program. And these young people will learn a lot about government, and some that will propel them to go into uh, public service at sure.
1: some have a, the program for girls as well, We have right? a
0: program for girls, and we're we'll working on that. They will meet at Lipscomb University, okay? and we will sponsor a, a, a girl for that program as well. Wow, that's fascinating.
1: You know, I know here you're based out of the Hendersonville chapter, right? As that's you, correct. Yeah, so you get to see Dave quite a bit and, you Dave know, yes, get, yes. bug him a little bit and harass him <laughs> and... Uh, you know, that's what we like to do, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, you guys are, I mean, really uh, doing some great things there. And, you know, so you just have to keep doing what you're doing, I guess, you know.
0: But. Well, it's uh, it's very enjoyable. And, and like most organizations, one of the things that we, we always need is some kind of funding. But we also need people who are willing to step up and, and to work and be involved. Most of our veterans are, are getting a little older. mm mm-hmm and some just aren't able to do some of the things they used to do. And a lot of our younger veterans, they have families, they have jobs. Uh, my son, for example, is, is a major in the uh, uh, Tennessee National Guard. He's been deployed twice. He has a full-time job. He has children at home he doesn't really have time to do do a yeah. whole lot so it falls on mainly those of us that have uh, retired and have served and are willing to uh spend our time doing that
1: right so do you all have like elections or you just it's a volunteer thing or
0: no we do yeah. have elections for okay. officers okay yeah yep. our officers are nominated and then approved by by the chapter or by the post depending on the, the organization so if somebody
1: wanted to get involved uh, with you how, how would they go ahead and do that
0: There's several ways. Number one, if if you are a veteran and you're not a member of the American Legion or the VFW or the Vietnam Vets of America, just go to our website. You can you can apply for application there, or see one of us that you know. If you're not a veteran and you still like to be involved, the VFW has a, an auxiliary that you can join. Oh, okay. Vietnam vets have a an association that you can join. Okay. And uh, you can serve in those that capacity. The American Legion also has a, an auxiliary, and in, in the American Legion we also have what, what is called Sons of the Legion, which by the name you would guess are children of the legion mm-hmm. but you could also join that okay uh if if your parent was a uh, a veteran of, of any served any time during during the period
1: so male and female are welcome male and female oh yeah absolutely so absolutely if, if, if uh, your mom or somebody served they want to you know be a part come down and meet some folks and help out i mean it's a great a- way to do that yeah
0: we currently have uh approximately 200 and little over 200 in their uh, post, in the American Legion Post, and another uh, 207, I think was the latest number, in the Vietnam vets.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Gallatin I'm Chapter, sure. now they're pretty busy down there.
0: The Gallatin Chapter, uh, uh, Post 17, is much larger. They're probably about twice their size, mm-hmm. and they are very involved in uh, American Legion Baseball. Maybe a lot of people grew up playing American Legion Baseball, and, and they sponsor that, so while they focus on that... We've made it our goal, our objective to focus on veterans who may be in care facilities that need visits and need transportation and, mm-hmm. and need some help in other ways. Yeah. If people wanted to donate, best thing to do is just go to the website. You can go to the website, you can donate directly to the American Legion. Uh, you can go to our website, post two ninety, and through PayPal donate. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with the Vietnam Vets of America. Okay. Just just go to the website. Look for Chapter 240, Vietnam Vets, Post 290, American Legion, and, yeah, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Well, we can always use it because there's just a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. Now, I know you have the, the food pantry that's on Saturday mornings. Yes. That, you know, has been going on a while. We promote that, you know, for you because I think it's just a great thing. So people have items that they would like to donate to the food pantry. Of course, what kind of items would you want?
0: Well, the food pantry is sponsored jointly by the VFW and the Vietnam Vets of America. And uh, we do two things at the food pantry. Number one, we give out food, obviously, <laughs> for veterans who qualify and, and uh, who, who may need some help. We really focus on trying to give uh, canned goods, cereals, dry goods. We, mm-hmm. we do have freezers that we can keep certain things in, but we're kind of limited in what, what we can do there. And then uh, if a veteran needs help with maybe a little help with rent, or something like that then the uh vfw as as well as their association and auxiliary Mm -hmm. we will meet and decide how much help we could give right and we try to do that uh on a limited basis because we have have limited funds but we we will do that
1: well i mean it's it's great they have that that resource they just have to reach out yes well i don't want to reach out i'm not not a charity case but sometimes you just need that extra help
0: you do and and we find that uh Veterans are a proud group, and it's kind of hard for some of them to say, hey, mm-hmm. I, I need a little help.
1: So are you guys involved in much uh, dealing with the VA, you know, things like that? that yes. Because I know tried, that's how complicated that is. But.
0: That is. We, we we have a very good veteran service officer here in the county, works for the county. His name is Jeff Oakley. Prior to that, uh, Rebecca Galligan had that job, and she was excellent as well, and we put them in touch with Jeff and work with him very closely Mm -hmm. on on, uh, answering questions about benefits, et cetera. And occasionally he will visit with us at uh, some of the uh, care facilities we have here, like the Hearth and Capstone and and, uh, Red Cedar Glen. And he will actually set up on site with his computer, and if you have a question, You'll sit there and, and try to answer your questions and see if you're eligible for certain benefits.
1: Yeah, because I know a lot of people, they're so frustrated, especially have to go downtown and deal with all of that. But it's a thing where they try, the government <laughs> tries to modify and make things better, you know, more streamlined and not so much red tape. And I think a, a, a lot of the folks are kind of fed up with that. Yeah, they got to make it easier.
0: Yeah, it it can be very complicated. One of the things we're trying to do right now is get the word out on what's called the PAC Act. Uh, You may have heard of that. That was passed recently by the uh, federal government. The American Legion, the VFW, Vietnam vets all supported that bill. Act aggressively. We wrote letters to our senators. We wrote letters to our our Congress members here, Mm -hmm. House of Representatives here. That act was passed. That will provide benefits to. Those veterans who may sur- suffer damage from what are called the bird pits, where just all kinds of things were burned, sure. and uh, they it also it expanded ben- benefits for Vietnam veterans who may be uh, affected by Agent Orange. Agent right. Orange was something used in v- Vietnam to defoliate mm-hmm. the jungle, but at the same time it caused a lot of uh, health issues no
1: question about it well I mean you you, you've served well and you were recently honored by the chamber of commerce here in Hendersonville uh, the men impacting the community awards and you won the the award for military service (laughs)
0: yeah and I I was very honored uh, to uh, to be nominated and and to win I was surprised by it (laughs) number one and number two I I really think I, I accepted it for all the veterans that are involved in in mm-hmm. the organizations that I just spoke about because there's so many of us that are, are doing good work and uh, we we do it out of uh, out of a sense of uh, commitment, mm-hmm. uh, out of a sense of uh, a brotherhood with other veterans and and just out of our love for this community yeah. that we have.
1: Well, let me tell you, I know that the chamber appreciates uh, you and all of the the veterans that are involved and you're very active and helping out the chamber and. Uh, I think it's incredible that you won that and well-suited, for sure. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Sorry. I'm quite honored.
1: Well, we've been talking with Sergeant Larry Atwell. He's not a nice sergeant, but I was told him I was going to call him a general, but he says, no, I don't do that. But anyway, he's doing great things here, and we appreciate him very much. So, All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. We'll be right back with more of Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at WHINradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. We're back with Sumner County Spotlight, right here with Jeff Shannon, and we're going to have another guest in here. Man, we we, we got a foursome going on here today, but I will tell you, it's, a, it, it's an honor for me to introduce uh, this guy because he's just done great things in our community. He's a, very involved in the Hendersonville Chamber. Uh, he's got a great personality. He's got a beautiful family. How did you swing that? I don't know it's all luck <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking with Dennis Tolpa right here now he is the mortgage relationship manager with studio bank he's also with the Hendersonville chamber young professionals group but before we
4: get into the meat and potatoes of this uh, introduce yourself give a little background yeah, so like I said, I'm, I'm Dennis Tolpa. I'm living here in Hendersonville. I'm originally from Detroit, moved to Nashville in 07 just to kind of join the party here. Um, I saw a city that was kind of growing and some potential here. So through that, went to MTSU, wound up in banking. Um, and on the retail side there, and then found myself in the in the mortgage space, and moved up to Hendersonville in 2016. At that time, we just had one one daughter. My wife and I came up here basically for for the family environment that yeah. Sumner County and, and Hendersonville provides in the school system. Um, since then, we we have another daughter, so that's that's two. And um, yeah, we just must we, be in the water. We're in the water for the rest <laughs> of my life, I think, is, is what they say. Um, but we love Hendersonville. We love Sumner County. And uh, and you know, you're getting old when you have those conversations that you know we'll probably die in Sumner County. <laughs> so that's 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 where we're at now. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's got so much history. And if you talk the folks that have been around here a while, I mean, it's
1: amazing what they remember on how it was and everything. And of course, now we're going to do that years from now. We look back on it. Well, back then, you know, <laughs> and it's like people are going to go, wow, that's crazy. But it's great that you're here because you're you're impacting a lot of people. You're, you're doing great things. And so you're in banking and you're on the, the mortgage side of it.
4: So your life has to be quite interesting over the past few years. Yeah, no, to it, say it, the least. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's been a wild ride. We went from um, a, a time in COVID where there was a lot of uncertainty in the world in general to a situation where we found mortgage rates at, at historic lows. So business absolutely just blew up. A lot of people refinancing. There was a, a big movement of, of people upgrading their house because rates were so low. So it was it was an insane couple years. And, and now we're at a position where with inflation and everything happening, rates have gone up and a lot of folks are unsure of what's going to happen. So you go from a, a point of, of business walking through the front door to going out and, and having to to bring that in to help families as much as you can, given their situation. So, so it's, it's a wild ride for sure. So
1: as a relationship manager, that's what you do.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, our point is to go out and make relationships, whether that's with financial advisors, real estate agents or people within the community Mm -hmm. and just explain to them how you help families better financially position themselves with homeownership. Here's a question for you. What is the state of the mortgage business right now? The state? Well, I mean, if if you follow the news, you know, interest rates had doubled in the Mm -hmm. course of a year. Um, And and a lot of, you know, a lot of mortgage brokers, a lot of banks are shutting down the mortgage departments in general, um, laying people off just because it's so slow right now. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are, are locked in a rate of call it three and a half percent and they go to upgrade um, to get a bigger house and a rate of call it six and a half percent where we're at today. That's wow. a big difference in payment, let oh, alone sure. upgrading, but just what you're going to pay in interest. Yeah, um, And it's just, you know, a lot of people are are just financially secure and comfortable with where they're at. And in time, that'll change. People move into Nashville from other parts or have kids and they just have to get a bigger house, but it's, it's just a different world. And that's the ebbs and flows of the market. So what is like an equity line of credit to let's say do things to their house? How, how does that
1: uh, interest rate looking right now, and is that advisable, or should they wait?
4: Yeah, so that's tricky. So a lot of people did get it's a it's a home equity line of credit or a HELOC, so it's a second mm-hmm. mortgage on, on your first that you hold. Um, and in essence, it's it's like a credit card on your house, so you, you can draw money off of that, off that line of credit, okay. and you you pay interest on that or interest in principal, mm-hmm. and then you you pay that back over time. You know the big thing with those is it's a variable rate. A little over a year now, you've seen the Fed increasing their rates. Mm-hmm. When that happens, that variable rate on your HELOC is also increasing, mm-hmm. so that payment is, is increasing when that happens. Like I said, a lot of people got HELOCs during COVID um, to do house renovations. At that time, rates were really low. Well, now they have a balance on that and rates are increasing. Um, So they're kind of looking for ways to... To, to navigate that that environment at this time. so Sell, sell. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is this thing, uh, and I've always wondered, I still don't understand it, reverse mortgage? That's a product that is used later in, in your life to pull equity out of a home. And, and honestly, we don't do them at Studio, and I've never actually done it, so mm-hmm. I'm not an expert in that right, space. Right. I have a, a couple people that I work with that I would refer a client to. But in essence, it's it's a later hat at the end of, say, your life, but when you're looking to use a different financial instrument later in life is what you'd use a reverse mortgage for, yeah.
1: As you know, in the chamber, we have a lot of mortgage folks, we have a lot of title people and realtors and insurance people and things like that. Having relationships with people is so very important. You do quite well at it. What would you advise somebody coming into, let's say, the mortgage business at at this particular time?
4: Yeah, and it is, um, everybody approaches it different. I found when I got in the business that it was about relationships. Um, just generally, I, I like meeting people and, and learning about folks just, just in life. But on the business side, it's even more important because that establishes some rapport with somebody. They get to know who you are personally and, and what you're about. So when I first moved here to Hendersonville in, uh, in 2016, a gentleman I knew was part of the chamber and he invited me to an after hours. Came to the after hours event and realized what a great, just a great chamber that it was and how everybody was about that relationship. Mm-hmm. And since then, I, I've been a member since 16 and I can accredit a lot of my success and my career to the chamber. And the people that you've met, because everybody's looking to help each other here. Right. And that's extremely important. And with those relationships, that that's what comes with it.
1: Exactly. And you're involved with the affinity group, the young professionals. And how, how do you feel that has helped you?
4: Yep. Yeah, so in, in that space, you are you are around people in, in your age group, right? The young mm-hmm. professional side. So there's knowledge that is gained from folks that have been in the industry or that have been in business for three decades Mm -hmm. but then there's also knowledge that is gained from somebody that's in your exact position right in in point of your life with two young kids and, and a career you're trying to grow mm-hmm. and you just connect at a different level there sure. which is very beneficial.
1: Now, I wish older folks can come too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> well, and a good thing about that, I mean, you, you need know, to get a couple of, you know, you got a guy that's been in banking for 50 years. That would be great knowledge to to kind of get
4: from that individual and what they can provide to you from their experience. Yeah, and that's 100% and yeah. you have to lean on those folks especially yeah. in times like this where in, in my short career in, in the mortgage industry like mm-hmm. I, I never seen what we went through during COVID, nor have Mm -hmm. I seen what we're going through now. So those folks that have seen the ebbs and flows of the business, you lean on them for for their knowledge. But then, like I said, also in the young professionals group, there's people that are grinding it out just like you are, and you lean on each other for for being where you're at in your career. Well, and the Young Professionals group has grown
1: over the years. I remember, you know, when she started that, and it was like, wow, this is a a great idea. And then, of course, you have the other affinity groups. Uh, You know, we recently went to the Women in Business and Men in Business (laughs) affinity groups, which are great resources for folks on a different level. You know, and I think you would attest to that, that it is a different level than just going to uh,
4: a normal networking kind of function. Oh, 100%. And that's one thing when I talk to people that, that move into town or contemplating joining the chamber is that there's so many different groups and opportunities to, to meet folks. And it's kind of what your speed is. So you have a leads group on Wednesdays where you get up and you give a 60-second spiel of what you do and you sit down. That's for some folks. Mm-hmm. Other folks would be more interested in the women in business where you get together it with a group of women that, that kind of learn and grow together. And other folks wanna do the after hours and, and let off some steam and, in the there evening and have yeah. a beer and a glass of wine and, and kind of build relationships that way. Um, and that's what's good about the chambers. they offer a wide variety of, of opportunities to yeah. network and, and grow. Yeah.
1: The great thing about it is you can talk to people that will say the exact same thing as you, that over and over again, they really attribute a lot of their success in business to the relationships they've gained by going to the Hendersonville Chamber, because it is obviously one of the best.
4: Yeah, and I agree. And you have to put work into it, you know, because I've also spoken with people that have come through and, you know, six months in, they say, hey, I haven't got anything from this. Well, I ask them, well, what have you done? Mm -hmm. Well, I went to uh, one luncheon that's well, not going to cut it. You know, you have you have to yeah. go to numerous events and you have to reach out to folks. We talked about that in the, the men in business meeting is like there's there's something outside of the meeting that has to happen to to get to know somebody Absolutely. and grow that relationship and that's yeah over a cup of coffee or, or over a beer after work. So uh, absolutely
1: with your, your involvement in the chamber here, you've recently were nominated and won the young professionals award through men impacting the community awards that the chamber puts out. And
4: were you surprised at all? I was, yeah, no, I, I was surprised <laughs> to be nominated, let, let alone to, to win. But, um, but no, it's, it was a, a great group that was nominated. I think, you know, we, we all deserve to win. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, it was, it was a pleasant surprise. And one of those things that, you know, you don't take for granted.
1: Well, I know last year I got the Father of the Year award, which I, I don't know where that came from. I was out of left field, but I remember you know, you stand up and then they start reading these bio, I guess the nomination letter. How soon into it
4: did you realize? hey, they're talking about me. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that. Well, A, I will say when you won your award, I think the whole group was crying. Um, so me too. <laughs> yeah, everybody was crying. It was like, you know, water, water, water everywhere. Um, but yeah, when when they were kind of reading through that, I think it was a minute because you're, you're you're listening and, you know, we're, we all kind of do the same thing within the community. And mm-hmm. I think it was at one point when they had mentioned a nonprofit I'm involved in, uh, St. Luke's, when mm-hmm. they had said that, I was like, okay, well, I know um, nobody else here is involved there. So that I guess I guess that's me, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And I'm just, you know, there's so many great people that you meet here in Sumner County and how great that people come together to help each other in times of need, helping nonprofits, uh, volunteering, doing all of these things. And the chamber has all of these these great events that bring people out. The people that come to help out it just it, to volunteer their time, even for a little bit. I mean, it, it's incredible being involved in these different groups where you, you gain relationships that you possibly might not have ever met before.
4: Yeah you know, I think is so important. Yeah, and there, it's funny because we, um, you know, through that, uh, a group of us would go to the Wednesday, this was, I guess, a little before COVID, the Wednesday lead meetings, and there would be a a lunch afterwards, lunch bunch would go, and we had some time to kill before the end of our workday, mm-hmm. so we would go to, to Jonathan's, and we would kind of finish our day there over over a beer, mm-hmm. and this group kind of slowly grew over time, where we would pull two tables together, and then three tables, yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah. there's, you know, 14, 15, 16 of us sitting at Jonathan's, just kind of congregating, and, and yeah. just you know, bouncing business ideas off each other, you know, saying how business was going. So we decided to kind of expand that and and start a networking group. That's once a month that we hold Um, it's at the rudder. It's called business bonding and beer. So it's once again, just an event where people can come together. It's more of a laid back casual environment where you want to get to know people first. So I Mm -hmm. want, I want to know who Jeff is and what your family is about and and the man you are. And then with that comes those business conversations and that, that relationship is established and that's kind of what it's all about. So what well, I've always told people, I said, look, if you're going to get involved and
1: doing your network, you got to do it right. Don't go thinking you're going to pass out business cards and get anything out of it. You have to know somebody and build that relationship and get that trust and let them know actually who you are. Because how many people have you met at these things? You still have no idea what the heck they do. Yeah. 100%. It's like, uh, what, what do you do again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's it, it becomes so much
4: of them selling themselves instead of selling through other people. That's it. That's 100. percent And with that, you know, there's at any event you you'll go and there may be five different mortgage people there, um, and you have to understand that somebody is going to gravitate towards somebody's personality, mm-hmm. and it's okay if somebody doesn't want to do business with, with with you for whatever reason. Sure, um, yeah. not everybody is for everybody, and yeah. that's what's neat about it is you just get to meet these different people, and through that, you know, if I have somebody come to me for a mortgage that that maybe I can't help for whatever reason, we we don't have that product, but I know other mortgage people that I can I can refer that client to and know that they're in good hands, mm-hmm. and that all comes from just no. being in the community. And, and networking through the chamber. And absolutely.
1: Such. And I think uh, some of the best referrals you get are for other indiv- individuals in your same field. That's right. Even the same jobs. Mm-hmm. So you can have other mortgage people referring you. That's the ultimate right That's there. That's it. Yeah. yeah.
4: And, and the ultimate sign of respect too, that somebody absolutely. within your industry respects you enough to, to pass on one of their clients to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's just one of those things you just, look, folks, you, you got to get out and do it. Mm-hmm. You can't sit on the couch and sit there at your desk and put a phone in your ear and think things are going to happen. You got to go build the relationships and bond with people and get to know them. You know, join the chambers, join networking organizations. Just get out and do something, and
4: don't make it all about yourself. Find out what other people need and see how you can help them. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of folks, you know, are intimidated by their first chamber event, right? Mm-hmm. You walk into an after hours and you may only know one person yeah. and they're in the back corner talking to somebody and it's very intimidating. I felt that when I walk into a room, I'd scan the room really quick and find one person that's standing by themselves, and I go right to that person. Great. That's what you're supposed to do. And yeah. at that point, then you're, you're engaged in a conversation. And next thing you know, you've gone through the night and talked to six other different people, but it is intimidating at first. <laughs> it <laughs> it is, definitely so. is. Hey folks, I'm talking with Dennis Tolpa. He's the mortgage relationship manager at Studio Bank. and the winner
1: of the Men in Business Impacting the Community Awards for Young Professionals. And Dennis, thanks so much for coming in and uh, spending a little time. I know you got to go relate. That's it. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, hey, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. Join us again next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.